authors, I'm Joanne Morell, children's and young adult fiction writer and author of short nonfiction for authors. Thanks for joining me for the Hybrid Author Podcast, sharing interviews from industry professionals to help you forge a career as a hybrid author, both independently and traditionally publishing your books. You can get the show notes for each episode and sign up for your free author pass over at the Hybrid Author website to discover your writing process, get tips on how to publish productively, and get comfortable promoting your books at www.hybridauthor.com.au. Let's crack on with the episode. I hope you're all keeping well in whatever part of the world you reside and listen to the podcast in. Today's interview is with award-winning YA author AJ Betts and we chat about her body of work, time, pacing, style, agents, author brand, author advice and much more. So in my author adventure this week, it's been a bit of a revelation. Those of you who are regular listeners to the podcast know that I'm back in Perth and I know it's not some exotic place, but I thought I'd still paint a picture. I'm recording this intro in my car outside my parents' house that I'm currently staying at. And uh, it's an absolute beautiful day, I've got to say. Very hot and lovely compared to some of the weather we've been having lately. I've gotten so used to recording the intro and the outro for the podcast on my phone because of the caravan trip. Even though I've got, you know, a mic set up, I could be doing that, but it's because I batch the interviews. So while before releasing, I record the intros and the outros that week. So you might have noticed that some of the some of the episodes I put out weekly, I still reference the caravan because they were recorded probably whilst I was away. But this upcoming one with AJ, this was actually done just last week. So I am a little bit nasally, just recovering from just a little cold. So that's all lines up. But anywho, I as we are back uh, for the foreseeable, my kids are now enrolled into mainstream school again and I have been applying for jobs, like a bunch of them. And I became very aware of the things I was saying to people, you know, since I've been back, like I need to find work. And But I realised by the way I was speaking about it lately, it's as if I do my writing as a hobby on the side on for fun and not as a business at all. And it got me thinking, you know, I, I've been pondering a lot about my thoughts and beliefs and things like that ever since I put out Stacey Webb's Limiting Beliefs episode. And yeah, when did I stop discrediting my book business? And this all led to the real question, which I posed to myself was, you know, when did I stop believing in myself and my book business? Have I ever believed in myself and my book business. And since then, I've thought long and hard about this and about me and, as I said, my limiting beliefs. And these are, you know, you can't earn enough money from writing books, the self-doubt and fears I've had about my own non-fiction books, about, you know, just everything, you know, what if people don't like them? What if people think they're crap? All stuff I've, I've you know, dealt with over the past, which is actually in the Author Fears book. I think that with authorship and putting myself out there, I've truly been quite scared in the past. And 
I, I know this is a, a normal feeling for, for most authors as well. I feel like I have slowly let the opinions and ideas and output of others seep into my brain these last few years. So I took the time and I wrote down my reassess basically and wrote down my author fears now at this point in my life about truly what are my author fears about truly wholeheartedly pursuing this book business full time, not trying to freelance write on the side, not trying to get a mainstream job what would that look like if I flipped it on its head and it would look like what if you can earn a good living from an author income what if your books helped others as they you know you intended to set them out to do what if you are someone's favorite author what if one of your stories reaches the dizzying heights of success rather than it takes years to make money from books it, you know um you you hear all the time about people saying that and that's fair enough but then you've got to look at there is other people who are earning an income from their author business. I say author business, not just books, because speaking comes under that and there's other other avenues that all fall under a book business. But, you know, you can adopt other people's languages. And I just think that our, our book businesses and our stories and our everything are our own. So we should put ourselves out there and find out for ourselves rather than taking on the musings of someone else and their experiences, because everybody, especially in writing, not one person's story is the same. So this all truly took on a whole new meaning and feeling within myself because the nuts and bolts of all this has been about definitely self-belief, I think. And I'm not, I'm not sure I've been believing in me lately for, for many reasons. Uh, like I just said, in the media and telling us authors earn crumbs, disbelief from people close to me about this being a viable career path, you know, many things. And I just, well, I, I just, I'm looking at where I am at the moment and at this point in time I'm fortunate enough to be in a predicament where I can be all in here. Although I will say I applied for about 40 jobs since I got back and there's a lot of good interesting ones out there including a librarian program and officer's job and a nearby library and I think you know if I got that then I'd probably I want to do that and obviously I, I need to now sit back and wait for word to come in for these jobs such and I have started getting rejections and had a call about one and there's been yeah different things from that but I have also made a choice to go all in with my book business now I probably have been saying this as well at various times because that's been the belief but I think somewhere in the back of my mind there was also other limiting beliefs and I've also let other things get in the way so no more <laughs> It means not getting deterred by my author fears and wholeheartedly backing myself, regularly publishing books independently and traditionally, and regularly holding workshops and creating courses and speaking events. And as I said, not getting sidetracked. I'm all in. I believe in myself. I believe I can earn a full-time income from my author business. I know this, as I said, because of conversations I've had on this podcast. Episode 79, Philip Strang, for instance, decided what kind of author he wanted to be and went for it. It's a lot of work, but it's what I enjoy. Helen Scheurer, episode 42, she's an epic self-published author. Full-time author, Joanna Penn, you know, Orna Ross, Sasha Wosley. There's so many uh, guests living this kind of life it can be done so every day after school drop-off I have been going to the library and getting on with my manuscript this week on Monday I spent time finishing the edits for my junior fiction first in series the caravan kid and sent it in for the walker manuscript award comp I have since been getting back into my first in series women's fiction this is the project that I've been zipping in and out of each year and I'm now 100% focusing on like AJ Bet says in the upcoming interview she tells her shiny new ideas to 
will wait and back off until she's done with the work she's focusing on. So I pose to you, how do you feel about your book business to date? Are there certain areas you're, you have misgivings about? Why is this and what do you want to change here? So I'll leave you with a quote from the craft book I'm currently reading, which is Write Smart, Write Happy by Cheryl St. John. So the back is vanish your writing doubts and obstacles. Writing is a vulnerable occupation. It is both personal and intimate. The act of writing, cycles of revision and the confusing publishing industry can shatter a writer's confidence, leaving you feeling like an imposter overcome with a rejection. Survival and success requires commitment, honesty, courage, resilience, sacrifice and miles and miles of heart. Cheryl says in the book, I've often asked for the best piece of advice for aspiring authors. I know the answer, but it's something that takes constant work and attention to achieve. This advice applies to writers at every stage of their career. Believe in yourself. There will be times when no one else believes in you. Times when you hear negative comments, see another writer achieve more and receive a rejection letter or pages of revisions. At those times, you will need to believe in your ability, in the strength of your dream, in the hard-won wisdom that you are the only you and only you could write your unique stories. So this episode is sponsored by Plotter. I'm happy to say Plotter have been a proud sponsor of the Hybrid Author Podcast since I think it was March this year. I've been using Plotter, yeah, since about that time to plot out my women's fiction and it's just a great little tool. Uh, I definitely don't feel like I'm utilising all the amazing features on it, but that's something that I will definitely be doing once I get through this other women's fiction book. But yeah, Plotter basically is a programme that you can visualise your plot points. It lets you easily arrange and rearrange like scenes and plots and character arcs so you can quickly find your way to the end of your tale. It's it's not a corkboard. You can quickly outline your book with visual story cards, filter your timeline by characters, places and tags, colour coordinate your storylines to keep them organised and flip the timeline to view it vertically. So you know it's got a lot of features but it's also got a really cool design elements. It's just put out a new design dark mode. Apparently people have been asking for that one. I mean, you can automate your outlines. You can see the entire story at a glance and uh, Plotter automatically generates a clean outline of your story for you to review, edit and export at the basis of your manuscript. It's just a great, great little tool and I'm using it and I'm using uh, I'm using it alongside Scrivener as well. So there's a couple of programs that I've got in play to to write my manuscripts. But yeah, if you haven't ever heard of Plotter, you can go to their website www.plotter, which is P-L-O-T-T-R.com and check it out and you can also get a free trial. AJ Betts is a Fremantle-based author, speaker, teacher, columnist and cyclist. Her latest work is a fun, realistic novel called One Song, about a teenage band trying to record a song to enter into the prestigious Triple J Unearthed High competition. Her earlier books include the two-book speculative fiction series comprising of Hive and Rogue and Zach and Mia, which is available in 14 countries and was made into an Emmy Award-winning Hollywood television series as well as Wavelength and Shutter Speed, which were published by Fremantle Press. In 2019, AJ was awarded a PhD on the topic of wonder through ECU and won the inaugural Western Australia Premier's Fellowship. AJ is originally from Queensland, but she has joined us in Western Australia since 2004. Welcome to the Hybrid Author Podcast, AJ. Oh, thank you. It's good to be here. Oh, we're absolutely stoked to have you. Please tell our listeners how you came to be a writer. 
Yeah, sure. I've always been a writer. I don't know how many people answer like that. As long as I can remember, I've been making up stories. But how did I come to be a published author? I had developed all kinds of stories and poems and had them published. And then I was working on this short story, which kept growing and growing. and wasn't really sure what I was going to do with it because I wasn't ready to commit to being a novelist. It seemed a, a bit of a stretch. But at the time, while I was writing, I was also teaching. I was doing relief teaching and I was working in a high school in Fremantle. And there was a, a class of year 10 boys, very disengaged readers, hated reading. They're like, I'm not going to read. And then I said to them, look, if you had to read anything, what would it be like? And they said, it would be, well, something that's happening here, not a long time ago, something like a, you know, happening to someone like us. And, and I just thought, you know what, why don't I really knuckle down and finish this project I've been working on and make it into this book. And so that became Shutter Speed. It became my first full length work. And then honestly, I entered it into a competition called the Vogel Award. I did not win, but the judges sent me amazing feedback and saying, this is really good. You should get it published. And based on that, I sent it to Fremantle Press and they picked it up straight away. Fortunately, I'm, I, I don't have all of those rejection stories that many, many, most authors do have because I spent so much time on it and I entered into a competition and then I, I I used kind of that feedback. And then I was just jumped straight into the second one. And now I'm I'm six books in and yeah, st- still going. That's amazing. Did you know many novelists back then before oh. you had started writing the stories and stuff? I didn't know anybody. No, I, <laughs> I, well, I was, I was a, Originally, I was a poet um, when I lived in Brisbane. That's how I was known. And I was a part of a, a, a poetry group, workshop group. And they were all quite well-known poets in Brisbane as well. But when I moved to Perth and started work on Shutter Speed and, and really, like I said, devoted myself to a properly, didn't know any novelist. I started going to all the workshops I could, you know, the Writers' Festivals and like signing up to things and reading all the how-to books. But actually, I did know someone. I didn't even know he was an author, Kim Scott, the Miles oh, Franklin yeah. Award. <laughs> I knew him as a cyclist because he was in my cycling group. And then we were, um, it was after a Saturday ride and I was having a cup of coffee and I was talking with someone, you know, I'm, I've been offered this book deal. And they said, you should talk to Kim over there. I'm like, who's Kim? And he's, they're like, oh, he's some writer. Anyway, <laughs> so I got to chat. And he's like, oh, good on you. Good on you, Amanda. That's that's great. So I didn't really knew that I, the writers are everywhere. Sometimes they're dressed in lycra. Um <laughs> But no, I, I didn't know anyone really until I had the book published. And then I started on the festival circuit, really. And jo- well, I joined Squibby, the Society of Children's Book Writers and Illustrators, and then got to know every children's book and YA and middle grade um, writer here in WA and that. And that was one of the best things for getting to know authors. And yeah. now they're my friends. And uh, I can't imagine, yeah, being an author without them in my life. Yeah. Oh, that's that's so random that Kim Scott was in the cycle. <laughs> <laughs> of all the people it's like you know oh that's incredible well today's topic is about your entire body of work and I just want to say I'm, I'm glad that you don't have all the rejection slips and all that sort of stuff I think that's really cool and that's a really different story and do you think that is because you spend so like you said because you spend a lot of time on the work or, yeah, or just you're I, just damn good <laughs> oh I am not saying that please do not interpret that <laughs> in that way uh no no um I look my 
Facebook, I was working on it for six years before I entered it into the Vogue Award or maybe five and a half. And then I used the feedback from the judges to improve it. And then I worked with the editor. So no, certainly nothing's good early on. And it, it takes a lot of time. And so I look, I, I have had other things rejected later and for different reasons. And, and, and that's you know, it's the truth is it's not always about the quality of the work. It's about what does the publisher want? Because the publishers want to sell books. It's a business and they're not going to publish you if they can't sell you. So you might have written the most wonderful thing, but they're like, I don't, I don't think we can sell this. So I have had rejections be, you know, after like my uh, book Hive and its sequel Rogue was rejected by a publisher I had at the time, but that's not because it was terrible. They said, Mm. in fact, it's really great writing, but it's not what we're after. So it still hurts. <laughs> it's still really hurts. So I, I do have some rejection, yeah. just to be clear. Uh, <laughs> but not, I, I don't have those marvellous stories that, you know, Stephen King had, he was rejected 35 times before Carrie was published or, or J.K. Rowling or all of these yeah. other writers. So I, I do I do still have several of my own to boast of. Yeah, no, that's it. Well, six years on a work that's, you know, that's a good length of time. Has, in between all your works and your books and things, has the time gotten less for uh, you working on them or publishing them what's been the kind of consensus or has it gotten longer (laughs) oh look I I would love to say I've gotten quicker each book has its own length so the first one took eight years from concept to publication my second book wavelength was shorter at two and a half years but since then they've kind of evened out at about four years so Zakamir was four and a half and my latest one one song was just under four so they're kind of averaging out like that and part of that is is me that's what I need but also I'm working you know I have multiple jobs I'm not a full-time writer. I can't afford to be. I don't earn enough money from my writing to be a full-time writer. By that, I'm doing a lot of speaking, which is also writing-related income, but it's not from the royalties themselves. And also that's how long it takes me. So what I've worked out is on average, like ideally, so ideally I can push out a first draft in six months. Like that's that's what I aim to do. And that and some of you might be thinking that's still a long, long, long time. And, but that feels like a good good amount of time for me. And then after that, I spend, however many years another three and a half or so working by myself I probably spend okay I'm going to use one one song my latest book as an example because it's freshest first draft six months second but uh second draft was 10 months so it's actually longer because it had so much work to do but then I worked on it for two and a half years by myself no one saw anything and then I submitted it to my agent and it was about draft number seven or eight that I submitted it of course he gets back to me with notes of his own and then I go through it again and then after that, I sent it to my, hopefully the one, the publisher who will take it on and they took it on. And then of course I spend the next 10 months working with editors and in different phases. So yeah, it's, it's, it works out roughly to be around four years for me. And that's just the amount of time it will take. I'm envy these people who pump out a book a year you know I don't know how they do it but I part of my process is to be okay with that is to be at peace with this is how long it takes Mm. And the other thing is I work really, really, really hard. When I say I'm a slow writer, I spend like most part of the day of most days, every day that I can. And I work so much. Uh, And it's the rewriting and rewriting. I am a big rewriter. That's how I get to know the story. And if it takes me four years to create a book, I'm proud of them. That's okay. (laughs) Uh, Do you, how much do you change the story, do you think? You know what? I think... 
from beginning when I'm working on it to the final publication, the the story goes through, of course, many, many incarnations. The ending's usually the same. Uh, I generally know early on what the ending will be. And then part of my challenge is to work towards that ending. With one song, for instance, the beginning changed quite a lot. The opening three chapters had to go, said my uh, editor. And she was right. Uh, and that's because there was stuff going on, like back, some backstory and some other scenes. And, and chapter four was re- really really where the action started. So it's, that's not unusual for me to, to to either by myself or with the help of an editor go, oh yeah, let's chuck out a few of the early chapters. The story itself, the five characters remain the same and the feel of it remains the same. It's just working out the pacing really. So a lot of what I do now is when my revisions, so draft one is bleh, get something done. Draft two is try to, you know, make sense of it. And then from draft three on, I'm thinking about characterization, of course, but it's pacing and tension and uh, yeah, planning all of these clues, all these things, which are so much fun uh, to to think about. Uh, and that's what I'm doing. So hopefully improving the pacing because you can tell when something lags. So you obviously, you have this process I suppose with your writing and pacing is a massive thing for yourself have you developed your process for each of the books has the pacing been the same do you feel or Uh, I've become more conscious of it I I I am more aware I'm hoping I'm hoping I start to think more about the reader and I don't think about them draft one draft two draft three maybe later like draft six draft seven I'm starting to think more about those things like like pacing and and I'm not saying I give the reader what they want or what they need but I'm hoping that I do give them surprises and just that right amount of of tension so yeah so that's a really fun thing I like manipulating with pacing especially as I'm writing YA so Mm. if I was writing for an older audience um, it wouldn't be perhaps such priority for me in in the storytelling but uh and it's interesting because I don't write big plot action driven I should say that I do have plot but I don't have I don't have action driven stories uh I in fact you might look through a few chapters and go, what actually has happened? <laughs> so much of it is internal and so much of it is between character characters. Yeah. yeah, and that's in that regard tension is so important so I'm like what kind of tension is at play here how can I hide things from the reader and how can I create this sense of mystery and so yeah because I'm not writing such plot driven stories tension and pacing become so much more important to this Mm. process I'm hoping I'm getting better at it I'm not sure every book is its own beast every time I start (laughs) a new book I go at it really with this sense of I want this to be unlike anything I've ever written (laughs) and anything I've read by anyone else so I'm making it very hard for myself by trying something new each time because I can't fall back on a kind of not, not clearly not formula I'm not going to use some formula but I'm on a kind of a rhythm or, or patterns that I developed in previous books so I, I like this challenge of working out what the story needs each time and I never know what that's going to be until I, like I said I'm I'm well into the drafting yeah. uh, in the rewriting process Oh, that's amazing. Do you do you tend to to write too much? Like as in the sense like you, you've got loads to work with and then you've got to kind of pair it back? I do. Can you yeah, tell from the way I, t- I talk too much as well? Oh, no, not at all. <laughs> because how do you know what, how do you know what you're thinking until you write it down? And how do you know what the characters are thinking and doing until you put it down? So I'm not a kind of a, a, a writer who can think through 
the story like oh yeah I think this is what no no I need to try it out on the page mm. so of course I'm trying out all of these scenes that don't work and I not sorry they don't they don't make it to the final and I'm trying out backstories and a lot of those don't make it to the final as well but how else do I know what the story is unless I put it down so part of my process is working out where the story is and and what doesn't need to be there it's really hard to get rid of some of that stuff yeah I bet well I suppose that's the editor's job so yay for them <laughs> yeah so, you are YA uh, driven books obviously adults enjoy these books as well but you work with this this demographic also and it sounds like you know you, you're beginning with the reluctant readers and getting ideas from them and that's kind of gone through I think your your other books too do you have beta readers that are actually the kids to do you ask them as you go on with the work do they get to read stuff as well or not so much that's a good idea and I probably should do that I mm. don't <laughs> um be- Part of it is because there's never a time where I'm like, you know what, I've got a draft I want to share. I'm always like in multiple drafts. I'm in various stages at once. I'm like playing with something. I hang on, I want to change this. So when I'm working on a story, it's mine and it's a mess and I need it sounds like I'm a control freak here but I don't want anyone else looking at it and so there's I, I did want actually to to show it to people and I never got a draft to a point where I'm ready to I showed no I didn't have to I showed it to nobody but what I do is I talk with people so I I might talk with young people and say hey I've got so for instance, like, hey, do you wear a watch? You know, like just teenagers wear watches and the teenagers use this and, and how it, so I might use them for specific purposes, Details, but not to read yeah. the full manuscript. Yeah. And similarly, I used um, musical people, people who knew about music for one song, because I don't. And I would just draw on them and say, what would you do in this situation? How would you feel about this? And so I'm drawing on them, but not as a whole, because I'm not organized or willing to share yep. it. <laughs> <laughs> maybe that will come <laughs> I don't know I would know it's just my messy and controlling process that may or may not change <laughs> well um do you have an agent or do you just submit to publishers yourself or I have an agent now yep. I didn't for my first three novels uh, and the reason I got an agent I, 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 you, you don't need one like no I, I didn't need I could have I don't think my agent's listening to this but I could go on without my <laughs> yeah. agent Bless him. Um, but uh, I got an agent because, yeah, Hive and Rogue, I submitted to my publisher at the time. They weren't keen on it. What they wanted was something more like the book I'd previously written. So they wanted me to stay within that lane of realistic fiction. Meanwhile, I'd just spent all of these years developing Hive and Rogue and they were my complete obsession. And so I had to make a decision. And this was very hard at the time. Do I throw away Hive and Rogue and write something like the previous novel that they want me to publish? Or do I go elsewhere with Hive and Rogue? And that's what I chose to do. And that's why I got an agent because I thought, I don't know which publisher publisher will want to take this on because it's so different from my realistic body of work and the agent picked it up loved it and he said this is what we're going to do so I needed that direction and so I've been with him since but like I said there are a lot of writers and creators without agents and and that's that's okay there I could totally be surviving without Mm. one now too yeah, it just would save you the time, though, and the effort, I guess, to spend uh, researching publishers, shopping it around to find exactly. what the best fit would be. And yeah, if you're in that position, yeah. you can get one. Yeah, why not? <laughs> and I don't, and I don't 
know about, yeah, I don't know publishers. I don't know the ins and outs and my agent does and did. And and also I'm terrible at talking about money. I just can't do it. And that's why he's useful every four years. I'm like, here's something new. Can you go and sort that out, please? Uh, and anytime there's a problem, I, you know, I talk to talk to the agent about it. So so that's been useful. And and the other thing is when you're on your own and you're submitting to publishers, you can either submit to one and wait three months to hear back from them, or you can do what some authors do, just submit to everybody. I didn't feel comfortable with that because I, I know you might be stepping on people's toes. There's this protocol, this is etiquette of only submit to one publish. I don't know what people are saying anymore, but back when I was without an agent, that's what people said is the etiquette. Just submit to one publisher and wait. And with an agent, you don't do that. The agent submits to all at once and they send the agent says, I'm giving you two weeks to get back to me. And I'm like, whoa, what power (laughs) is that? I didn't have power at all when I was an unpublished novelist and to just go, please, will anybody, will you look at it and get back to me in three months perhaps? Yeah. Um, So it's, yeah, it shifts the power dynamic a bit and Mm. he can ask for things that you couldn't on your own. So yeah, definite pros and cons. Yeah. No, that's amazing and do you were you nervous because like you said the first three books were realistic fiction uh which I've never heard the term I quite like that and then the these set of books was obviously something quite completely different still your writing style though and, and Hive and Rogue are they magic realism are they fantasy what are they classified as but yeah they're considered well some people call them dystopian fiction right so a yep. lot of schools study them as in their dystopian units mm. um I call them speculative fiction oh you know verging on sci-fi especially yeah. Rogue has sci-fi elements but speculative is as in it's a possible future so yeah I was completely nervous but as you say it's my style Mm. and even though I'm writing in genre uh so dystopia or or spec fic or sci-fi even though I'm doing that, I'm I'm coming at it from a completely realistic perspective. And so it feels real. Well, hopefully it feels real. I would I was n- nervous about how people would take it. And and especially as it's not an easy read. Hive especially is, you know, set in this fictional enclosed setting. And I, it's not an easy read because I don't tell you all here is how the world works, blah, blah, blah. Let me show you around because it's first person perspective. You can only see the world through Haley's perspective and, and she doesn't know a lot of things. So uh, it, it's so it's challenging in, in various ways. And I didn't know if readers would come with me and I don't know, but it, that's nothing that I need to be thinking about, to be mm. honest. I just want to write a fun story. And I've had a lot of readers come with me from contemporary realism in, into Hive and Rogue. And I've also picked up a lot of new readers. And I just think, to be honest, when I'm writing, I don't really think about genre. Yeah. And when I'm reading, I don't think about genre because it's so limiting. And when I was writing Hive and Rogue, I thought I want to write a dystopia that's not dystopia. I want to write, I want to challenge certain conventions. So it's a shame that we need to put things into genre, really. Yeah. But I, I just like writing things that intrigue me and. And as you say, yeah, my style runs through no matter what. Yeah, well, with one song, would would you say that's gone back to realistic fiction? Yeah, so yeah. that's back in realism and not for any deliberate reason just because that's the idea that grabbed me so I never know what I'm going to be writing next and I don't have a big plan like if I was a smarter 
person business-wise, I would be trying to make an author brand and trying to promote myself and my books so that readers can immediately identify who I am and what they're going to find in my books. But I'm not that kind of person. So instead, I'm more interested in whatever idea grabs me. And as a result, I'm going to write in whatever genre for whichever audience. I'm not really sure. Would you say your your author brand is realistic, I guess, realistic fiction and exploring ideas or something like that? There, There is a kind of <laughs> not a definitive brand, but yeah, from, from just our conversation just there. Yeah, thanks. I think it's, um, I try to write really authentic stories, mm. regardless of where they're set and which, you know, which genre. Uh, I try to write something that has a real emotional truth and honesty and perhaps grittiness to it. Uh, and so if anything, that's it. It's I do like to explore big ideas, but not, you know, in a didactic way or a really heavy way. I like to explore some philosophical ideas which intrigued me as an adult and I think I was intrigued by it as a teenager as well so yeah perhaps if anything just that emotional authenticity uh that's what matters to me and I'm and when I hear from readers that's what they communicate to me about what affects them so just that connecting on on a level um which feels personal and feels kind of optimistic in a way as well Hmm. I'm writing for these teenagers and I really care about this age group and I want to present again not in a didactic way but I want to present my my values really and one of those is that life is good and to trust yourself and to be brave and so of all my novel it doesn't matter what they're about I think the these ideas are at the heart of it yeah oh I love that I think that's a really strong message especially for that age group and just all of us really (laughs) I I need to hear it every day (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's it well it sounds like obviously you know you write to discover so sort of a discovery writer and you write the ideas I guess that you're blessed with whatever sort of sparks your interest like uh, you know heard that from one song you were washing the dishes I think did you get the the idea for another book washing the dishes as well I feel like there was an a something came <laughs> I can't remember Anyway, um, washing the dishes I, is a good place for you. <laughs> wow. I Yeah, I don't have a dishwasher now, which is a problem for me. I'm going to get writer's block all of a sudden. You'll have to go back to that. Yeah, go back to <laughs> them up. <laughs> hi, uh, one song I had the idea, yeah, Friday afternoon I was washing the dishes and I had Triple J on and I heard them talk about the Triple J Anatai competition and that's where I got the idea. Yeah. Uh, the idea for Hive and Rogue came about because I was driving through the Graham Farmer freeway tunnel and I noticed a drip. So it's they're often small things so Mm. I noticed a drip of water and that led to a two book speculative series and and my books before then like Zach and Mia was inspired because I was working on a cancer ward with teenagers so there was that real um, setting that was my actual day job and then a girl who I was working with a teenage teenager who had cancer dared me to write a romance and so those two things came together an oncology (laughs) ward and romance and and uh wavelength came about oh this is really embarrassing but because of muffins I love muffins and uh and shutter speed because of something I saw one day so yeah they're just honestly they're small fragments from real life Mm -hmm. that I observe but also imagine in a different way so we exist in the real world and for some of us like me who who's a bit of a daydreamer we see what's actually happening in front of us or we hear what we hear but then of course our mind is imagining but what if it was different and that 
that's what happens with me. And so, yeah, you never know. I have no idea where my next idea is going to come from, but I need to be observant and keep washing the dishes as you yeah. say, also helpful. <laughs> and eating muffins and all the rest. <laughs> all of these things contribute to creativity. Yeah, that's it. Well, do you have any advice for authors, I guess, who either, either are a bit stuck or just even getting started with book writing or anything? Any work, perils of wisdom that might have helped you along the way in the beginning or just be one with the world maybe that sounds good be put one you on the spot the there <laughs> <laughs> um just to ha- look I have to remind myself of this as well but I want to have fun no one's making me write um my publisher isn't going hurry up and write your next book no one's forcing me to do this actually if anyone is it's my fans like hurry up and read th- and write the next book I was, I've just finished reading your new book so it's it's just to have fun write the thing which interests you don't try to follow trends because they're elusive and they fade out anyway and it takes you know it might take you three four five years or more to write a book but honestly it's the process that's yours and I guess the other thing is keep it to yourself for as long as possible uh that's because it's a really fun thing to do and it's a really nice relationship you can build with the story and plus you need to have control over it for as long as possible because as soon as someone reads it you're going to get and what would they know honestly you're going to get their perspective and it might change it and you don't early on I don't want anyone's feedback and so I've got to like I'm starting I've, I've started something new now and people keep asking me what it's about so I have to work out what I'm going to say but not say too much yeah. so that it remains special to me and not kind of public property mm. if that makes any sense yeah. so I hope that's well, good advice have yeah, fun and keep it to yourself for as long as you can yeah no I think that's really good and and you advise people to like authorship as a fun good career type thing that's yeah go for your life (laughs) it's all it's it's intense it's all of these things like at the moment you know I'm I'm in book promotion mode and the adrenaline's quite high because (laughs) this thing that I've been working on for four years and I've had in my brain for six years is it's I don't have any control over this now and people are reading it and and I'm terrified and I'm I'm like don't tell me I'm like writing it is one thing but having people read it is is this really scary thing and so I'm on heightened alert like the anxiety is very high so there's there's all of these feelings it's it's not all just you know fun and games and cocktail events and things like that and uh most of it is spent on your own and for me, I really like that. So you have to be okay with that, you know, like most of my day, I go for days and days without talking to anyone. Uh, luckily, I have a dog, um, <laughs> you know, and and a partner, I should yeah. say, who does talk to me, but I, I don't see anyone else. And, and that's okay, because I need that quiet time. Yeah, if, if, these, if this appeals to you, then go for it. And the other thing is, you don't choose to be an author. I never chose to be an author. It was something that it feels now inevitable, because writing was what I did in my spare time. Writing was what lit me up and writing was, I'd be writing now anyway, even if no one was publishing me. So it doesn't feel like, yeah, it's something you choose. It feels like something you do. And yeah, the fame and whatever comes with it, that's all fun. But the reality is if you like being quiet and creating then then yeah it's the thing for you oh no that's well said there and I won't ask you what you're working on next I will let you sit with that but I will ask you (laughs) I've got to practice what to say though I I think it's going to be I am can I say though it's it's adults because one song feels like it feels like it's everything I could possibly say to teenagers everything I feel now and everything I felt then and everything I want to tell teenagers around Australia 
area. It feels like it's in there. And because of that, I think I'm done. But I think that's really cool. And I think at the moment it is. (laughs) Yeah. That um speaking of like a body of work, like one of the questions I was gonna ask is whether you had even thought of a body of work. But I guess the body of work to me, I think, is probably exactly what you're saying. Like it's the messages you want to give to people and put out. And your books are all full of that. And I guess if you're saying you're coming in one song that's got everything, maybe you've closed the door on that sort of side. But I'm 17. There's 17 in that. That that category, again, with the categories, but um, they have that is it new adult is is nearly classified as that like a sort of gateway where you know adults are maybe reading it as well as the younger the younger side so I like mm. I think probably half of my readers are adults to be honest because yeah. I don't write down with YA and and in fact I think they could be marketed as adults to be honest <laughs> um because I'm not writing about you know, pimples and puberty. I'm, yeah. <laughs> I'm writing about big ideas. It can, like I have so many yeah. adult readers go, I love your books because I really, they really resonate with me. I'm, I, this is how I feel. I'm like, yeah, because that's how I feel now. <laughs> um, But I think, yeah, it feels like I can't imagine writing anything else for young adult right now. But having said that, maybe I will down the track, but I feel like it's all in there. But I, I'm I'm happy to try adults and I've, I've actually got two full adult manuscripts that oh, I've wow. written in yeah. the past. But like when I was younger, just for fun because not everything you write has to be published you know sometimes you write and it's it's for you or it's practicing your skill and so I have yeah I I, I have written for adults before and I I, I'd like to continue doing that so I think well I think that's where I'm going my current idea not that I've spent a lot of time on it lately but my current idea is for adults and uh but again who knows I don't think about my body (laughs) of work it's only in retrospect when I look back and go oh yeah look at all these things they have in common yeah but I don't have a bigger picture in mind I uh I'm very much focused on the one thing in front of me and I'll give that everything yeah yeah that's a good way to be unlike myself who's all over the shot and (laughs) doesn't feel like it's accomplishing much but I'll get there honestly it's something I had to learn I had to learn Joe. it's because (laughs) I love ideas and I love chapter ones and I had to train myself to when a new idea comes along to look at it and say thanks you can wait over there Mm. and just stay with the thing. But if the thing in front of you doesn't, you know, intrigue you, then maybe it's not the right thing. But just to stay focused and tell the other thing to wait. And that's what I do with ideas now. I just tell, and if they're good ideas, they're going to wait. They'll stay there. (laughs) Yeah, that's it. Well, they've all been fabulous. And can you please tell our listeners where they can find you and your lovely book in stores and online? Thank you. So all bookstores in Australia should have my books and just Google online the usual places. If you want to see me, I've got a website, ajbets.com, but I'm on Insta. You can check me out, ajbetswrites. So that's ajbets, W-R-I-T-E-S. I'm on Facebook, but not as much. But uh, yeah, shoot me a message if you like, and uh, I hope you like the books. Oh, thanks, AJ. That was very inspiring and incredible. Thanks for coming on. My pleasure. Thank you. So there you have it, folks, the super inspiring AJ Betts. And I attended AJ Betts's launch of One Song last week, and it was awesome. Very cool. Uh, you know, she had band and she had the wristbands and uh, got to see a lot of people I haven't seen for a long time. So it was just wonderful. I've read all of AJ's work and uh, pretty much in one sitting. So you should go and check her out. Her books are just delicious. Next time on the Hybrid Other Podcast, we have Double Duo, children's author Jen Pierce and fine artist and publisher at Wild Eye Press, Leanne White, chatting to us about small publisher author process. I wish you well in your author adventure this next week. That's it for me. 
It's bye for now. That's the end for now, authors. I hope you are further forward in your author adventure after listening, and I hope you'll listen next time. Remember to head on over to the Hybrid Author website at www.hybridauthor.com.au to get your free author pass. It's bye for now. Thank you.